Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode contains some mild adult language. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's animation communication. Um, yay, we did it. Um, this is the first episode post um, Joe Biden winning the presidential election. Thank God, right? Okay, I didn't want to get political, but like also. <laughs> right out of the gate. Then. Come on. <laughs> oh, that was nothing. That was nothing. <laughs> Anyway, we're here to talk about Animaniacs, but actually, you know what? I, I can't even say that politics and Animaniacs don't go hand in hand. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so. you, you, you know, they had Bill Clinton play the sax, so it's 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 fine. It was in the theme song, Mom. <laughs> and we I mean, already saw in the trailer of the new of the uh, reboot that Trump is going to make an appearance as a giant cyclops, so yeah, the so, subject I mean, is inevitable. <laughs> Yay, yeah. politics. So, um, sorry if you hate me already. Um, I'm KP, as normal. Um, if you're new, welcome to the podcast. We talk about things. Um, this is Lauren. She does things, too. Yes, hello, everybody. Good to be back here after, uh, you know... The end of the world, almost. Small (laughs) Okay, so this is, um, one of our history episodes again. So we brought Animat back because he can't just, we can't just get rid of him that easily, unfortunately. I'm um, glad to have him back. <laughs> it's, well, it's, you're, it's... you're the ones who invited me over. It's not like you could get rid of me. <laughs> it's like it's like a it's like a banter. We're doing a banter, you know. Like <laughs> he's a vampire. You have to invite him back in. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. um, I, I need. I I always check my mail just in case. So, um, so we brought Anim- um Animat back um to give you a rundown about the history of Warner Brothers animation because we don't really talk about Warner Brothers animation too much, especially nowadays. Because, um, I think it's fair to say Looney Tunes has had a hard time trying to be relevant in the last ten years or so. Um, we're not gonna count Space Jam, guys. Please don't count Space Jam. Come so I thought, on and slam. what? <laughs> what, Lauren? I said, come on and slam. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta end the podcast here. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so I I know there's a second Space Jam with LeBron James, and I don't I don't care. We're not gonna worry about that right now. Um, and then we also have uh Logan here, who goes by uh Toucan LBM on the internet and i'll let logan introduce himself i'm somebody <laughs> yay yay so yeah um if for those who are not familiar with me i am a animator on youtube that has his own youtube channel where i'm sure most of you are familiar with my 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 little pony crossovers that i make with like batman sailor moon rapunzel uh, other cringy stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I'm also in collaboration with uh, Animat for his latest animation look back where I provide the anime segments for each episode. So those are fun. 
and with Michael Eisner and Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> yeah, them guys, Katzenberg. <laughs> I will say right now, though, that we are reaching the end of the era of that time. Starting part twelve, that's when the new chapter comes in, where we're going to enter into the Bob Iger era. Oh, uh, no more Eisner. It's going to feel weird no not animating. Katzenberg jokes. Oh man. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry about that. Let's just say old Johnny Boy can uh, replace him on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no more cats and bruh. Womp womp. I just imagine, like, I just I just hope one of the gags is just like Michael Eisner, but it's 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 uh, Farquaad, and no one will get it but me, but it will make me happy. I'll yeah. get it. Uh, yeah, you use like two people. <laughs> anyway, um, um, I was gonna say something, but I forgot. So, um, Animaniacs. Yeah, probably that. So we're doing we're doing this in preparation of the new Animaniacs coming out um next weekend, right? Mm. Math. Yeah. So yeah. this is our pre like November twentieth or something like yeah, that. November 20th. Yeah, November twentieth. November twentieth. This is our pre welcome to Warner Brothers animation. Um. <laughs> talk i guess and if you're listening to it like way after that happened then this is why we're doing it so i guess thank the animaniacs <laughs> yeah they also they also renewed tiny tiny tunes right yep yes. yeah they, uh, they made they the headline for that one too. yeah they just announced they're going to do a tiny tunes reboot for cartoon network and hbo max and they even mentioned that I believe I believe it was today that uh, Freakazoid made a tiny comeback as a special guest for Teen Titans. Uh, for yeah. Teen Titans Go. Yeah, I think it was Friday that they aired the episode, and I've yet to watch it, but I have seen like a, a couple clips, which means I've probably seen half the episode. But <laughs> how <laughs> random! That they're only like eleven minutes long. <laughs> um. How random! But yeah, it's so fitting for that show. Yeah, honestly, like. I'm I surprised mean, they didn't do it sooner, but they have the whole Warner Brothers library. Just like use it, like why not? Crazy. <laughs> and they're at the point that they're bringing in a whole bunch of different special guest stars. Like they had, um, I believe they brought in the Broadway version of Beetlejuice not long ago. So yeah. oh yeah, I heard yeah, about that. Yeah, we did that. cover him on on our podcast as well, and I was gushing about it a ton as well, part of. Lauren the likes Beetlejuice a lot. Detroit so I was very happy to see Alex Brightman in there. Yes. <laughs> Did they get the original um, voice actor for Freakazoid? Oh, yeah, they did. They brought back Paul Rudd. Uh, they brought back, se- uh, from what I've heard, they brought back several of the original actors uh, to reprise their roles. I know Ed Asner did come back as well. Nice. Yeah, we, we're doing, at least they're doing that, you know. I think Teen Titans Go gets too much crap sometimes. Like, you know, you gotta, like... They're introducing Freakazoid to people who don't know who he is. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, but Teen Titans is really easy to pick on. So Yeah, exactly. It's 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 the like for the cartoon community, it's the series that like they love to hate. Even though like it the the hate on the show is not as mainstream as it used to be, but like it, it like it, it really was something that like debatably has been overhated. Yeah, pretty much. Like I can care less about that show, but it's come to the point where I don't like hate on it. It's just it's one of those whatever kind of things. <laughs> go go get a girlfriend, guys, if you're that mad Teen Titans go. Teen Titans um, go get a girlfriend, jerks. <laughs> Teen Titans go get out of the house. Wear a mask. 
Uh, it's too. It should have. It should have been last month because then we would have done that Hillary Clinton joke of that like we should go to Teen Titans go to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that cringy thing in 2016. <laughs> well, if you live in Georgia, you can still go to the polls to vote for the Senate. Like that's important, that's guys. That's true. Go go vote if if you're. If you're in the thing, so that's probably like the math equals like two of you. So good job. All right, so let's get into the actual subject of the um the episode. So which is probably going to be majority of Matt talking and everyone else just shaking their head and agreeing with him. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let us all get loony here. Hmm. Toony. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, I, I will admit my like with, with all the recent things that have been happening to me recently. If you guys don't know, uh, not too long ago my computer just like completely burst and it was unusable. So I had to. Uh, send it to the shop for repairs. Hopefully, I get it back soon. At least, like, the good news is that it can be repaired and I will get it back. So, mm -hmm. there is that. Um, but uh, my memory is a bit rusty, I will admit, but I'll do my best to try to summarize uh, the most that I can. So, do you, do you want me to literally start oh, I should from also... the very... Oh, go on. Uh, I was just going to also mention, we also brought Logan on here, too, and not just Matt, because Logan is also a big fan of Warner Brothers and um, has a lot of Warner Brothers-style inspiration in, in his own stuff, right? Logan? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Them, Tex Avery, Tom Jerry, all the good, all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can help, you can help Matt with, hi with the history lesson, right? Oh, yeah. I know my Looney okay. knowledge, for the most part. Okay, yeah, you can start like what is a Warner Brother and like why are there two? You know, you can go that basic okay. if you want to. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I, I won't go that back, but um actually the whole thing has begun not it, the whole thing began not with Warner Brothers actually. It began with a guy named Leon Schlesinger. And he started out by bringing in uh two ex uh, Disney employees, like two of Walt Disney's first uh, animators that he had. Um, uh, it's uh, Rudy and Ising. I forgot their first names. Uh, Logan, you, can you fill me in? It's like uh, Hugo... Yeah, I know you, what is it? you got those names right, but I can't... The, the first names are slipping my mind, too. But I know who you're talking about. I think one of them is a Hugo or... Yeah, Hugo and... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Okay, with Rudy and Ising. So they were the first two animators to go and provide animations for uh, the Hollywood producer, Leon Schlesinger. And uh, they actually started out with a cartoon character named Bosco, who is an ink boy. Nowadays, Bosco is not necessarily a character uh, that should be looked upon or should be reused from time to time because, yeah. uh, like, the thing is, uh, how can I put this? Uh, they really do emphasize the ink boy, and it can have a whole different meaning back in the early 1900s. Uh, but since then, uh, Rudy and Ising did move on to do their other stuff, uh, like, after working with Leon Schlesinger, but from there, they still kept on uh, continuing. They still kept on going uh, to try to develop their own things, to try to create their own cartoons and to make their own uh, cartoon star. And it was starting to be a little bit tough because it was at the point where Mickey Mouse entered the scene and he really got massively into the mainstream. 
one of their first attempts that they tried to do in order to make a cartoon star was a character named Buddy. And one thing I can guarantee you is that I don't know a single animation enthusiast that likes Buddy. <laughs> he is such a bland, forgettable cartoon character, and his cartoons suck so much. Let me just, so, yeah, uh, let me just say this. If people, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> if people think Mickey Mouse is bland, you have not seen Buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, oh god, it's just but like you cannot go any more bland and more boring than buddy. Is it, it, yeah. it really is like and no, but but I, I think the best way to describe it is that buddy is like how people perceive Mickey Mouse today. Pretty much, that, yeah. That's really who Buddy is. Uh, but then moving along, they started to, to try to create their own experimental cartoons. Uh, but then. It wouldn't be until they have developed this one cartoon, and that's when they brought in a few more like uh, animators, uh, one of them being uh, Frizz Freeling. And uh, they developed one called, uh, I believe it's I Haven't Got a Hat. Yeah. In which it's, uh, it's a typical cartoon that features a bunch of little different uh, cartoon animals. Uh, some of these include um, uh, a little cat character. I think it's either a cat or a dog. His name is Beans. Yeah, Beans and the cat. And another one. Yeah, Beans the cat. O- and then Ollie you got Oliver. Another one. Ollie Oliver. And uh, and then you you got those twin. Oh yeah, the twin dogs. Yeah, Ham and Mix. Yeah. I think Ham and Mix. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but then there is another one that is actually a stuttering pig by the name of Porky. And mm-hmm. after that cartoon they actually discovered that they had their cartoon star. They knew who they could use as their main cartoon character. And of course, everyone knows it's none other than Beans the Cat. Hell yeah. Uh, follow- <laughs> so yeah, follow- so following I that have a, cartoon- I have a question yeah. about that. So what were the like, so Beans is so boring. What were like some of the plot lines in his no, that's uh, the, shorts? No, that's Buddy. That's Buddy? Buddy was the boring one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they both uh, have bean names, so go figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but with Bean, uh, they tried to go and develop uh, several cartoons. Like, they really wanted to make Beans a cartoon star. But then they also saw that there was a bit of potential with the stuttering pig that they had at the same time. Which, uh, by the way, I just want to have a bit of a side note. Uh, like, this is a bit of a personal commentary. If you have seen the first cartoons of Porky Pig, I'm just going to say they are sad. And the reason why I, the well, it's not because the cartoons themselves are sad. It's mainly because of the fact that the original voice actor of Porky Pig, the first guy that they've ever gotten uh, to get Porky Pig, was actually a real stutterer. Oh yeah, and mm. it's it it's noticeable. It's like it's at the point where it it's not like they, it, it might feel like it's exaggerated, but no, even the impressions. Of poor, like even like how Porky Pig is today, like they are nothing compared to how um, he was such a stutterer back then. Right. And the sad story with him is that apparently uh, they could just no longer use him because he was actually way too expensive to use. He would stutter so much that he would actually spend hours uh, trying to record oh his lines, and it would cost Aww. so many different reels. So that's why, like in the beginnings. They actually did try to use a real stutterer, but yeah, it's 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 less it's more sad than it actually is comical. Uh, but yeah, so from from there though, uh, the Beans cartoons that weren't really working out well. But yet, 
the Porky ones were actually doing decently well, and they were developing more and more cartoons. And like I mentioned, uh, the original voice actor was inevitably replaced. And um, they from there, they actually got a brand new voice actor, which um, it was actually someone that they had from time to time uh, appearing in a few cartoons, and they found a guy named Mel Blank, in which he actually had a pretty solid... Uh, performance as Porky Pig where he actually knows the right blend of like comprehension where he's not stuttering too much but can use the stutter for a, 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 an actual uh, solid co comedic effect. Yeah. He knows how to make the stuttering funny with Porky Pig. And plus didn't he like base it and, more on, on an actual pig and how they like emote themselves? Um, not necessarily. Porky Pig did have a bit of an evolution in terms of his design, where beforehand he was like fat. He was more like of a legit fat pig. Right, and that. Uh, but then by, but the, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say that, and also his age is very inconsistent back then. Like there'll be some shorts mm -hmm. where he's like a kid, but other other shorts he appears as an adult. So you got that yeah. inconsistency. Is so there's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's he's a cartoon character. It's like it, it's up in the air of like whatever his age would be back then. Like he would be dating some girl, he would be uh, joining the army, and then like he would just be going to school and stuff like that. That's fair. Uh, but something about like and then oh sorry, I was gonna say like something about like changing his age from like one short to another seems kind of like odd. Like it's just like it's like imagining like today where you're like you're watching like an episode of let's say. Uh, Steven Universe, where in one episode he appears as like a grown teenager, but in the next episode he appears as an infant. It just it just seems well, odd. I mean, his character model did change throughout the show. Yeah, but on, that's more different. Episode by episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's more different. But anyways, I know. I know. <laughs> it would have it would have made more sense if they if they threw if that episode with Uncle Pr Grandpa is actually canon. Then it would make everything logical. I approve. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, going back to what I was talking about, yes, uh, Porky Pig did get popular, and by time, they did develop more different characters, and they did bring in more different uh, directors as well. And these would include people such as Tex Avery and Bob Clampett, where they started to develop their own style, and especially uh, Tex Avery was highly admired at the studio uh, where they did uh, look up upon him, and that's where like you see some people... Uh, began to be apprentices to Tex. Uh, people mm. like Bob Clampett, and then as well, where you would have others, as including uh, Chuck Jones and uh, uh, Frizz Freeling, and uh, a few others as well that would uh, start to work uh, within uh, the Warner Brothers animation lot, and then started to grow from there under the eyes of Leon Schlesinger. And I was gonna say, and then, I'm sorry, on yeah. a side note, I was gonna say like. Going back to what you said about like Tex Avery and Bob Clampett, yeah, those two in particular are like my main influences when it comes to my type of humor and when it comes to like the comedy because they go like out of the way to make their jokes unpredictable. Like no matter whatever joke they throw at you, you will never see it coming. And every time they hit, it hits really well. And I really admire them for going the extra mile when it comes to their type of humor. That and their animation yeah, is really I great. Yeah, and I think you just hit the nail on the head. And uh, regarding that fact, mainly because of the fact that once those people started to come in, that's where the Warner Brothers animations uh, start to have their own identity, whether it be with the Looney Tunes or with the Merry Melodies. That's when they started to have 
uh, a, a bit of a personality that goes a bit beyond of what Disney was trying to do. Exactly. And from mm -hmm. the and from there as well, they started to develop more popular characters. Uh, one of which you also got Egghead, uh, a character uh, like this doofy character that they would often portray as a hunter that eventually would evolve into Elmer Fudd. Mm -hmm. And then there's also another one where often, uh, like back then especially, they would commonly do hunting episodes where they got this insane duck, and that's where the <laughs> origins of Daffy Duck would actually come in and from there uh they knew that they have two concrete characters that they could use over and over again like very marketable characters which is daffy duck and porky pig and then suddenly you would also have the inclusion of another character who started like they, they wanted to experiment a little bit with rabbits as well where they wanted to see like the like another crazy daffy duck style character uh, where they want to try try out like uh, a different rabbit character for hunting episodes and stuff like that, or magician episodes also. Um, like they, he went through many different names, uh, rather it be the Presto Rabbit or uh, just go through Happy Rabbit. But it wasn't until in the um, in 1940 that they finally nailed who this char particular character is, where they did a hunting episode with um, with the the egghead character now fully turned into Elmer Fudd and that's mm -hmm. when they got a brand new character with the with the smart aleck rabbit that now goes by the name of Bugs Bunny and mm -hmm. from th and so from there that's when you see uh the that that's when like Warner Brothers animation really starting to take shape that's when the animators have fully placed themselves uh, in the animation field, uh, especially at the area. Like, I keep mentioning uh, the animation lot at Warner Brothers. That is actually a pretty well-known place known as Termite Terrace. Like, it was kind of like a rickety old shack, but it, for the animators, it was an absolute heaven because it was an area where they pretty much were allowed to do whatever they want under the supervision of Leon Schlesinger. Yeah, and they have, like, free... Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, they, they definitely have, like, free control, like, what they can produce with these shorts. And as long as they, like, keep it under the budget, as long as, like, it's... As long as it's funny, then, yeah, they, Leon could care less what the short's all about. Exactly. And that's why... That also is a massive explanation that if you do look at the old Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons back in the in the 1930s and 1940s, you would be surprised with the amount of crap that they get away with. Oh my god. Like, this, this, this <laughs> is the private snafu. Yeah, Wasn't you... there a private snafu? For, oh, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, I'll get to that later. Hold, Hold your horses, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that with, um, with all these cartoons back then, yeah, they managed to get away with a lot of it. And they got away with a lot of different adult humor. That's why you would find that back then there were a lot of sex jokes in there. Can I... Especially with Tex Avery. He knew how to oh. slip them in to those That's cartoons. what she said. <laughs> oh, hey. That's why I said going back to like the humor. And can I tell you one of my personal favorite jokes from the early era of Looney Tunes? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. So there's this... Okay, so it's so dark, but... You know, like, how they sometimes make, like, those documentary-type shorts where, like, they'll make fun of, like, those kind of, like, style where you have this name. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Tex, Tex is an artist with those Exactly. Things. But there's this one moment where they go to, like, this shot of a frog. He's on this little pad, 
And then you get the narrator saying, and here we see a close-up of a frog croaking. And then after they say that, the frog literally grabs a gun out of nowhere and shoots himself in the head. Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I, rem- well, I remember there was... wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... Yeah, I remember there's also another one where um, they were talking, like, it was kind of like a desert episode or something, like a desert documentary, and they were talking about a lizard. Oh, my. Like, you, you see this lizard coming in, and they talk, like, they were talking about lizard facts, and at one point they mentioned about how lizards shed their skin. Yeah. And immediately, the lizard gets up on two feet and starts stripping, like, as if it's in a burlesque show. No, what's funny about that is that the lizard went from, like, being, like, this four-legged or regular lizard and in a quick second to this rotoscope stripper. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's so perfect. It's like, yeah, you'll never see these jokes nowadays and like, uh, what's the current show that's airing now? Yeah, you know. <laughs> like yeah, any you show. You won't find that on Craig of the Creek, that's for sure. <laughs> Back in my day. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyways, going back to my story, um, at that point, they started to develop their own identity, but then suddenly came World War II. Now, at that point, a lot of different studios uh, have been struggling in there, and you you probably know about the different stories about like other studios where they were pretty much locked into just making uh, World War II propaganda, rather it be like MGM or especially Disney. It's well known that they have seriously struggled back then. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to war. When it comes to the Looney Tunes, when it comes to Warner Brothers, I don't think there is any other studio that has benefited from World War II more than them. Because that's when the popularity of the Looney Tunes really skyrocketed, especially when it came to characters such as Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd, and so much more. That's when they really got into the mainstream. And following afterwards, uh, that's when they entered a bit into a new era of War- of Looney Tunes, of uh, Warner Brothers Animation, where they got massively popular, and that's when the cartoons got bigger and better. Now, under the new supervision of several animators that really climbed up the ranks, uh, that include Chuck Jones, Friz Freeling, uh, and Bob McKimson, and maybe a few others as well. And from there, that's when they really got, like, that's when their popularity debatably has peaked, mainly because of the fact that back then, they were actually considered the anti-Disney. They were, they were doing cartoons that were completely different than the kind of content that Disney would put out, rather it be with the Mickey Mouse tunes or with uh, the movies that they would put out back then. Like, the sheer absolute madness would not be the same kind that you would find under Walt Disney. Or they, they would do things that you would never see characters such as Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny, uh, Mickey Mouse or Goofy or Donald Duck would normally do. Like, de- like, they're not afraid to take that extra step to go beyond crazy, to go beyond cartoony, uh, to go beyond silly with the kind of things that they would do. Not to mention that, of course, from there, they would go and develop so many more characters uh, under those three people. Uh, rather it be um, more enemies for Bugs Bunny to face off against, like uh, Marvin the Martian or Yosemite Sam or the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, then you also got like other characters as well, like Foghorn Leghorn, Sylvester, uh, Tweety, of course, Speedy Gonzales. Uh, then you would have... Um, Pepe Le Pew? Are, are they, like, 
uh, yeah, Pepe Le Pew, uh, of course. Uh, like they're they, like they they uh, Wally Coyote and Roadrunner. They pretty much developed an entire roster of different characters that they could use, and that's when their popularity grew. Uh, that's when they started to receive so many awards. Like even at the Oscars, they were they were starting to collect more awards. Like now that like at that point, uh, Walt Disney was began uh, Walt Disney began to be a lot less interested in developing cartoons, which gave more opportunities opportunities for other cartoons to get the Oscars. That's why we see like um Sylve like Sylvester getting the most Oscars among all the Looney Tunes cartoons with uh, three of them and then like you got Bugs Bunny getting an Oscar uh and and, and so much more. That's when they were really rising up to the ranks. And even in 19 in the 1950s, back when cartoons began to be a lot more experimental with their animation due to budget constraints especially when uh, entertainment was starting to diverse into television as well. Um, that's another thing that the Looney Tunes really began to uh, uh, benefit as well, where they became where their art style became less realistic and uh, embrace a bit more of the abstract where uh that's where several of some of the best car so, like debatably some of the best looney tunes cartoons came out stuff like duck amuck or what's opera doc like they really did benefit from having um uh, a smaller budget but still have the full creativity and work around the abstract art style that they would have to go and work with but then suddenly uh, the 1960s came along, and that's when things really start to go downhill for the Looney Tunes, especially because of the fact that uh, now that television became a lot more mainstream, uh, now having cartoons in front of uh, in front of movies on the big screen became a lot less popular to the point that like it, it was no longer necessary. It didn't need to fully exist, and even the qualities of the cartoons themselves were not necessarily all that great. Like, they still kept on pushing the Looney Tunes to make more of them, but, yeah, you could tell that at that point that they were really passing their prime. Rather, it be trying to develop a new character like Cool Cat or try to do those um, Daffy Duck and Speedy Gonzalez cartoons. If you have ever seen them, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they, they were pretty cringy. I, I would say that. They were not great. In fact, um, I, like from, from my research, I remember seeing that um, what many people consider to be the worst Looney Tunes cartoon in existence is one of those 1960s cartoons that is a collab between Daffy Duck and Speedy Gonzalez called See You Later Gladiator. That was just, uh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've seen, like, I know those choices, those choices you're talking about, and, yeah, they are not funny at the slightest. I mean, no offense to the writers, but still, just, like, just watching them is just not just not entertaining. And Cool Cat is basically, like, the less cooler version of the Pink Panther. <laughs> I know he's made by Freeze Freeling, but still, it's just, like. I just think of the, the, the meme Cool Cat. You know, um, I know that's not the right, the same one, obviously, but... Oh, yeah, you're thinking of the one that was in those, like, in the budget movies? Yeah. In, in the fursuit? Yeah, <laughs> like, Cool Cat mm -hmm. Saves the Day, and you know, oh. that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, those things. No, oh, I'll say that, that Cool Cat is way better than that Cool Cat. 
<laughs> yeah, the only thing that I remember, the only thing that's memorable for me about Cool Cat is the hunt is uh, the hunter, and it's not because of the Cool Cats cartoons. It's mainly because of um, tw uh, that that directed DV that directed video movie. Uh, do you guys remember Tweety's High Flying Adventures? Like you know that uh, Around the World in Eighty Days parody. It's been years since I've seen that. Yeah, like I remember, like it was Granny making a deal with the hunter from Cool Cat. Ah. That's all I remember from it. Well, that says something. <laughs> well, uh, no, I, I don't mean the movie, but I mean, like, that's all I can Right, remember but I'm saying, like, cat. there's something at least memorable about those characters. And isn't there, like, another yeah. new character they created of, like, a Bonnie and Clyde parody? Yes, they, yeah, they did, actually. That I, I believe that was a creation by Bob McKimson, where they tried to make a bunny version of Bonnie and Clyde, but... Get it? That, that was Bunnies? Bunny and Clyde. Yeah, that was something that, that went nowhere, honestly. <laughs> uh, but anyways, going back to uh, what I was talking about, yeah, so the popularity was pretty much dying out uh, for cartoon... Like, it, it wasn't the Looney Tunes' fault, it wasn't, like, because the, the quality of the cartoons were bad, but it was mainly because of the fact that... It was at the time when um, cartoons were becoming less popular and less needed. So, uh, considering that most of a lot of entertainment migrated to television, that's exactly what the Looney Tunes did. They had to go and migrate to television, and that's where uh, the old cartoons would re-air on television in the form of several different programs, rather it be The Bugs Bunny Show, The Bugs Bunny and Roadrunner Hour, The Bugs Bunny and Tweety Show, and that went on for not just years, but for decades. That was like the only thing that did keep the legacy of the Looney Tunes alive as it kept on, um, as, as time would uh, move on. And but people, then, uh, go on. I was going to say, and yet people haven't gone mad over seeing reruns for four decades. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was the reruns that they pretty much accepted because... At that time, that was literally the only way that we could watch Looney Tunes cartoons. It's just through those programs, and those were the only things that were keeping them alive. Uh, granted, they were like it wasn't all of them, of course. The grand majority of them were just uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons from post World War II, but still, at least like it, it, it let people be familiar with characters such as like Bugs Bunny. Daffy Duck and so much more. Right, and it's unfortunate they not they didn't play the like the earlier shores. But I, isn't there a reasoning behind that? Uh, a re uh, for the for the shorts. Yeah, not well, like not playing the shorts like early nineteen forty nine and all that stuff. I believe it. I believe it was due to rights. I think it was mainly because of the rights of uh, what they fully had back then. Because you got to keep in mind, like the post World War Two stuff. Warner Brothers fully owned, where beforehand, back in like uh, pre-World War II days, those were mainly from Leon Schlesinger, and they didn't fully have the rights of those uh, cartoons back then. Like, yes, Warner Brothers, ha Warner Brothers had the rights to the characters, but not necessarily to those par cartoons in particular. Aw, but like, those, are, like, those are some of my favorites. <laughs> I know, I know, but like... <laughs> Like just just, yeah. just hold on. Actually, I was about to get into that. Actually, Oops. it wasn't until in the late '80s and early '90s where, debatably, you got the Bob Iger of Warner Brothers Animation who entered the scene, mm. Ted Turner. 
And the reason why I called him the Bob Iger of Warner Brothers Animation was because that dude was on a freaking shopping spree because he wanted to do something special related to animation. Uh, since television really went into the mainstream and Ted Turner, he is such a media mogul, especially with the successful channels that he has made, rather it be like TN uh, uh, TBS, TNT, or CNN, uh, he wanted to do a channel uh, that is unheard of back then because, yes, we all know that the mainstream channels like ABC, NBC, uh, CBS, and stuff like that, they would have Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons where that would be uh, the time that they would dedicate having uh, programs uh, such as like cartoons or kid-friendly shows. But there had never been a channel that is completely dedicated to just animation to just cartoons and that's why from there tex avery decided to go on a massive shopping spree ted turner uh, ted, <laughs> ted who did i say tex you avery. said tex avery and i'm just like <laughs> tex avery well, nope sorry <laughs> yes ted turner he went on a shopping spree where he went off to go and buy off so many different cartoons uh rather it be like the hanna-barbera cartoons uh, he also went and bought the MGM cartoons. Uh, he also got the licensing to uh, several other cartoons, including the Looney Tunes as well, actually. Uh, that's, where he, that's where he got that. And thus, in 1992, that's when he opened the Cartoon Network, where it was fully dedicated to just presenting cartoons. Nice. And in a way, it became the new home of um, the Looney Tunes. And uh, from there, it wouldn't be, it, it would, well, you know, honestly, I was just about to say, like, Space Jam, but then, like, I guess you want me to go and skip that. No, I just, I just give people crap for Space Jam, because it's not really a good movie, but people just have, like, like, and, this, like, remembering animation nostalgically is usually a good thing, but people seem to, like, turn off their critical thinking skills when it comes to Space Jam and, like, forget how bad it is so that's why we all why... know that looney tunes back in action is a superior space jam <laughs> space jam is bad and... that is a guilty pleasure for me and yes soundtrack's it boss did... though Hell yeah. it did play a very significant role in the comeback of the looney tunes back in the 1990s okay it for really... historical sake you can mention it <laughs> oh yeah like it like it was a ma like keep in mind say what you will about space jam but it really was a massive hit and it did regain the popularity of the Looney Tunes to the point where it reintroduced the cartoons to a brand new generation where you would also see VHS sales of those classic cartoons fly off. Uh, like you, you would see the, the sales like soar through the roof. So it did play a significant part in bringing back its popularity and bringing it back to the mainstream. But then in 2001, I believe, that's when something very interesting happened, and that's where we see a bit of a shift in terms of the popularity of the Looney Tunes, where now uh, Warner Brothers decided to go and take a step further and decided to go and fully purchase the rights to the contents of Ted Turner, where they kind of made a bit of a merger between the companies of, uh, te uh, of Ted Turner and Warner Brothers, where now all those cartoons that Ted Turner bought, now they belong to Warner Brothers, like including all the Hanna-Barbera stuff, all the MGM stuff, and yes, even all the Looney Tunes stuff that even does include the Leon Schlesinger pro uh, cartoons from back then. So now they Warner Brothers 
fully owns everything about the Looney Tunes. Hurrah! However, however, it does come with a catch, though. It is actually because of this why the popularity of the Looney Tunes really dwindled down. Because back then, the popularity of the Looney Tunes really came from the fact that it aired on television. And it didn't necessarily had a specific channel that it had to air on. Because it would jump from different channels uh, every time. Like, there was at one point it would be on ABC, then it would be on NBC, or then it would be on CBS. Because it was really high on demand to show Looney Tunes content on their channels. Mm -hmm. But then, once the Looney Tunes... Once uh, the Looney Tunes went exclusively to Warner Brothers and exclusively on Cartoon Network, then they didn't really have any space to go and jump around. They can only be on Cartoon Network, and that's it. At that point, they weren't really that high on demand anymore. And that's why we saw the popularity really dwindling down. And it was also with proof with uh, Looney Tunes back in action, which was a desperate attempt to try to make a Space Jam 2. But then it came out something completely different. And it just became a box office bomb to the point that it pretty much discouraged Warner Brothers from really doing anything more with the Looney Tunes. From time to time, they would have a little bit of a comeback, rather it be with stuff like uh, the Looney Tunes show, or mm -hmm. with um, Wabbit, or the, the one awkward period where they try to make them edgy with uh, Lunatics Unleashed. Lunatics. <laughs> when, when, yeah, with... when did Duck Daughters come out? 2003. Uh, Duck Daughters, funny enough, that was in 2003. That was around the same time as... Um, it was around the same time as Lunatics Unleashed, and and I will say Duck Dodgers was a very underrated show. That was actually really awesome with uh, what they tried to do, and all that based on like one of the best Daffy Duck cartoons out there. So like I I really do have to give them credit to actually make something really great out of it. Um, but yeah, so like they they try to go and like from time to time they'll try to make something with the Looney Tunes, but really. Uh, the only thing that's useful with them is just the merchandising, and that's it. Uh, but then, recent it wasn't until recently that we do see a bit of a small comeback. I wouldn't say a big comeback, but there was a bit of a small comeback with, um, the, actually, this year with the release of HBO Max, where they came out with the Looney Tunes cartoons, mm -hmm. where they had a brand new team of animators, and they were all assigned to create their own Looney Tunes cartoons. And that's where they decided to bring the Looney Tunes back to their roots, back to the classic days of uh, Chuck Jones, Fritz Freeling, uh, Bob McKimson, and even back in the old days of uh, Tex Avery and Bob Clampett and so much more. That's where we do see the characters just being themselves uh, in like many different wacky scenarios where like even when it when it came like a, a living proof of this is also when it comes to Daffy Duck where like we we often see him as like Bugs Bunny's jealous rival but with those Looney Tunes cartoons uh, they brought Daffy back as like just the Daffy that uh, of his namesake just like mm -hmm. this crazy duck that somehow gets away with it just by his own lunacy. 
And uh, from there, the future of the Looney Tunes, well, it does seem like they are interested in trying to do a bit more with them, and especially with pop culture as well, where Bugs Bunny is often is considered the cartoon character or one of the cartoon characters that is often mean the most, like right up there with SpongeBob and Shrek. And Mickey Mouse. So there is... Uh, well, I uh, I don't know if Mickey is memeable per se. Not as much as oh, like, you, Shrek and SpongeBob. Oh, you mean memeable. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I th- memeable. I thought you meant like a popularity. <laughs> you gotta pay attention, <laughs> no, Logan. No, no. Oh, it's my bad. That, that, that goes with... Yeah, that goes without saying, but... Uh, it is Paul Rudish Mickey it, it Mouse is, is the one that's memeable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, but th- this is pretty much, I do have, like, even though it's not official Looney Tunes, it is worth mentioning about the memes because they are helping out to bring Bugs Bunny and to bring the Looney Tunes uh, to, to maintain them in in terms of relevancy. And in terms of Bugs Bunny, there are tons of different memes that they have used him with, rather it be him uh, sawing off Florida, <laughs> or there is also uh, Big Chungus that people love using. Uh, and then there, like, there's also like there's a- another one that I I do like. There's like Bugs Bunny, just like like you just see like him with a round round face or like with a round mouth, is just on the side, just going no. no. <laughs> there is that one. I knew exactly the one. Or, or like, there is also the cowboy Bugs Bunny often that they would use. Oh yeah, that one. Like, they often use or the King Bugs Bunny. There's also that one. But the point is, is that Bugs Bunny is a very memeable character that people love you love using from time to time. Again, uh, similarly to characters like Shrek or SpongeBob or even Kermit the Frog. So that's also keeping the relevancy of the Looney Tunes alive. And I would say. It's because of those memes and because of Warner Brothers' push to still make content related to the Looney Tunes, especially with upcoming projects that they have in the works, including a Space Jam 2 with Space Jam A New Legacy, and apparently they are still adamant in making a Wile E. Coyote movie. Mm. It shows that the Looney Tunes still stands as, um, still trying to make, uh, like, it still stands as, like, some of the most popular cartoons out there, and even as an option as, like, the closest thing that people have in terms of the anti-Disney cartoons. Because again, um, that was like kind of the big appeal of the Looney Tunes is that they were offering stuff that Disney wouldn't dare to touch. Like they were a lot more edgy. They were a lot more crazier uh, than whatever Disney could go and produce. And even to this day, it, it can still stand that they are still that way with the kind of cartoons that they would make with the Looney Tunes cartoons. Well, then again, it is kind of debatable nowadays because, like, even the new Mickey Mouse cartoons, like, they have made it to that Looney Tunes route where they, like, they can just go absolutely nuts with their content. Um, but still, like, it, it, like you could tell that nowadays, like, with the Looney Tunes, it's still something that's definitely impacted pop culture for many decades. And, um... With good reason as well, and especially with the fact that technically this year does mark the 80th anniversary of Bugs Bunny, one of the most well-known cartoon characters that people still love to meme and still love to talk about to this day. Yep, and they're they're not going away anytime soon. So, um, oh, how does how does Animaniacs tie into Warner Brothers um, and how like Spielberg came in and you know all that stuff? Oh boy. <laughs> okay, that one I, I I will confess. I was st- I would still need to do a little bit more research into that. But he's I do a... believe that <laughs> Well, what? Go ahead. I was going to be like, "Oh, he's 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 we we caught him. 
He's not the real anime. <laughs> you got me, Toots. It was me all along. Uh, anyways, um, well, the thing is, um, from what I can recall, really what started out, funny enough, there is a bit of a transition going from the Looney Tunes to Animaniacs because um, actually it was during a period where Steven Spielberg was very fascinated with animation. Back in the 80s, I guess you could debatably say he had a bit of an animation phase where um, he wanted to go and create his own animated content, which is why he collaborated with Don Bluth in order to go and make movies such as An American Tale and The Land Before Time. Mm -hmm. uh, but then going into the late eight, 1980s, that's when he decided to try out some uh, television animation as well. And he start, I believe the first one that he started to try out with w was uh, Tiny Toons Adventures, which is kind of like a spinoff or a spiritual successor to the Looney Tunes in a way where it's kind of like um, the not necessarily the descendants of the Looney Tunes characters, but it's like a younger, different version of... Uh, like similar but different versions of the characters that we all know and love with characters like Babs or Plucky uh, and many or Dizzy Devil and many many more it's like yeah they're they're kind of like the kid version the unrelated kid versions of the Looney Tunes characters we all know and love it's the old and generation sometimes. passing down to the new generation exactly and plus the fact that the Looney Tunes characters actually do make cameo appearances uh, in their schools because technically they're kind of like the teachers they're the masters of what they do and they're teaching them their ways of being cartoon characters of being funny uh, which from there that's when you would also spin off different uh, like that when they would have uh, more when Spielberg would go and approve more different similar types of cartoons that are like Tiny Toons and that's when you would also have Animaniacs coming in that is more of a meta type show where they decided to create original characters uh, that do live in the uh, Warner Brothers lot. They live in the water tower of uh, the they live in the water tower of the Warner Brothers lot, and it has a very similar style of um, of aesthetic and a very similar style of comedy where um, they like they're not afraid to go completely bonkers with their humor, rather it be with a slapstick. Like they're not afraid to say that they are cartoon characters, uh, and also not afraid to go into uh, pop culture as well and make com and also make. Uh, commentaries on what's happening with uh, real life as well. I know mm -hmm. that very early on we have mentioned about Animaniacs doing political humor, whether it be back in the 1990s or even nowadays still talking about politics. But even back then, like, there's a lot of jokes um, back in the old days of Looney Tunes that I'm sure will, would fly through people's heads where they would make commentaries on uh, the president uh, who, uh, who was back then. Or this is extremely relevant when it comes to uh, World War II. Like, uh, when it comes to their World War II cartoons, yeah, there were a lot of pop culture references. And, well, technically it is World War II, so they did a lot of political commentary as well. Yeah, and there was, like, so, plenty yeah. of, like, caricatures, like, celebrities back then that even if you're not aware of them they still kind of work in their own unique way 
oh yeah of course like even if you don't know the actors themselves you know like this is the reason why many people do know the impressions like for example like we all know about you know the the goofy mad hatter but really the reason why people know him is mainly because it's edwin that's his shtick he does this all the time or another or another great example when you hear the eager voice you hear that all the time in cartoons that's actually an impression of a man named Peter Lorre. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh, oh my god. Like, let me tell you, like, cartoons had a freaking addiction with making Peter Lorre references. Oh, and yeah. I mean, god, this is some. This is something that is real, by the way. There's even an entire book dedicated to all the cartoon references of Peter Lorre. A book? That's how much there is. That's how much there freaking yeah, is. Yeah, the Looney Tunes in particular, like, or at least the Merry Melodies, they loved injecting classic hollywood stars oh yeah it, well, it's, it just it, it was i think the hollywood hollywood steps out i i think of that cartoon where it literally it's just nothing but just caricatures of celebrities at the time well it's not just it's not just the looney tunes it was a cartoon thing back then because like even disney loved doing so many different caricatures they love to do all the different caricatures of like people such as like laurel and hardy or whatever mm -hmm. like they would do like they love doing um cartoon caricatures and there have been a lot of notable uh cartoons like from both sides that uh would feature a lot of those oh yeah and also like, one one, ex one example that i could think of right now is like um a, a, a very popular cartoon uh considered one of the best mr Go uh, no mother goose goes to hollywood i believe mm -hmm. oh yeah that one yeah yeah you were saying logan um i was gonna say Oh yeah, it's not just like Looney Tunes and Disney that are like doing that. Like, all, like a lot of like cartoon studios were doing it back then. Whether it be like Paramount with like Popeye and Betty Boop, or Universal with Woody Woodpeckers, like all the studios were doing it back then. I think the only one that, from the time I had, that doesn't really do that a whole lot is MGM with Tom and Jerry and Tex Avery. From my knowledge. <laughs> Tex Avery, I would debate they will like Tex like Tex Avery would be the kind that would not shy away from doing pop culture references. So, uh, but Tom and Jerry, no, absolutely not. Uh, the only company that I would think of that wouldn't really do much uh, that wouldn't do much celebrity impressions or caricatures. The most I could think of is maybe Terry Tunes, and mm. again, that's a maybe. Oh, oh yeah, Terry Tunes was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like war their, flashbacks. Their... <laughs> exactly. With their claim to fame of Mighty Mouse and somebody touch a mess baguette. <laughs> and that's about it, really. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a story about how when Eisner took over Disney, he was just like, man, I love Mighty Mouse, and all the animators were just like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard of that story, honestly. Okay. Oh, that's funny. Um... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but still, that's, that's oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, the, my, Michael Eisner coming in in 1985. Oh, I'm so proud to be a part of the company that made Mighty Mouse. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, Mickey Mouse. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's my favorite, along with a Duck, Daffy Duck. Yeah, I was going to say, Daffy Duck's my favorite. Everyone's staring and drawing Donald Duck on. Mm. <laughs> you mean this is the place that didn't make Heckle and Jekyll? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but yeah. What were we talking about? Like, Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, Animaniacs and their connection with the Looney Tunes. Yeah, uh, going back to that, I was going to say, um, in regards to any uh, Tiny Tunes and all that stuff, Tiny Tunes seems like a more of a testing ground before they go on and make Animaniacs. Because yeah. if I'm going to be completely mm-hmm. honest here, I'm not that big a fan of Tiny Tunes. Mainly because there's a lot of things in there where I feel like it's so unpolished when it comes to like their animation style. Because... Holy, if you go back and watch Tiny Toons, there are animations all over the place. Yeah, well, I mean, that that really, you you do have a point there that it did feel like, like, considering that it is, like, the first Steven Spielberg executive produced animated series. Right. Technically, yeah, it was the testing ground, and they, like, it is known that they had several different animation studios working on that. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if that's the case with Animaniacs as well, but it definitely was with, uh, uh, it's, with, yeah, Tiny Toons. Animaniacs does have, like, a lot of different studios working on on it but it's not as noticeable when compared to titans yeah true like th- there have been times when the animation can be good and then there are other times as well like even i remember like they like i don't know how to describe it but there are times when they feel too rubbery uh candy cartoons too... candy cartoons yeah, prob- yeah that's the Ken- studio <laughs> Can- candy kennedy kennedy or... yeah kennedy okay yeah those one- oh god yeah those ones feel like yeah, that, that that one is almost as if, like, you take the Tiny Toons and you inject some buddy on them. Like, it feels like the stereotypical cartoons, and they and it always feels like you're watching it through some kind of, like, test tube, where it always feels like they're bouncing around. Yeah, they they took, like, the, stretch and, the squash and scratch, like, literally. Like, I just think of, extreme. like, not to interrupt you guys, but now it's, like, an insult, like calling someone like a buddy like you're just a bun- buddy and everyone's just like thanks and i'm just like don't you don't you don't understand <laughs> also speaking of buddy like i'm not your buddy guy i'm not your guy friend i'm not, not your, your friend, friend buddy I'm not your... <laughs> and your friend buddy but no speaking of buddy uh the first time i heard of buddy was actually from animaniacs because they did an episode where the reason why the warner brothers and sister were popular in the first place is because they first started off in buddy cartoons and even then, like, the show itself acknowledges that Buddy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they themselves acknowledge oh, yeah, that. They're, they're not afraid. Yeah, I know they're not afraid to make fun of themselves. And I remember there was even sometimes, like, um, they would even do references to their legacy. I think, like, there were even cameos of, well, not of themselves, of, like, literally themselves. But they would have, like, caricatures of people like Tex Avery. Oh, yeah. Or, um, or, or Frizz Freeling and... Like, even uh, references to Termite Terrace. Oh, yeah. The best way to become a... Com- the be- if you want to be a good com- comedian, you got to make fun of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, nobody's yeah, perfect, I mean, so... <laughs> yeah, and especially with Warner Brothers. Like, they... like. They have a lot of material to, like, poke fun of themselves with. And, like, especially if that that is the case, that they do acknowledge that Buddy saw, uh, Buddy sucks, then, yeah, of, of course. <laughs> oh, I think and especially they, when they, they make jokes about animators being, like, overworked and underpaid for what they do. And so it just is like, I gotta do all these in-betweeners. <laughs> and he's oh, like, yeah. locked up in the loony bin, like, in a padded cell. Like, <laughs> oh, like... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, I remember there was an episode of Animaniacs where they actually do make fun of Space Jam. Where it's, like, really small, but I remember, like, I forget what the contact was, but I remember they played, like, a clip of, like, a 
basketball player like in front of all these like generic cartoon characters and they're like singing a song or something and the animated characters look so annoyed by it and i just it's been a while since i've seen that episode but i remember to think myself wow i would never expect them to make fun of space jam like that <laughs> yeah and that's the thing i remember like there were even a lot of not i remember animaniacs was not afraid to make fun of like whatever not just like with stuff like um they they weren't afraid to not knock like their own stuff but even like other stuff as well like i remember they even made fun of like um what was it like they like they would they would make like they definitely would make fun of a lot of disney stuff oh yeah uh, and they would yeah and they would also like i think at one point they even did an anastasia reference for some reason i don't even remember <laughs> why um, i know sometimes they'll make it like a recurring theme they'll make fun of barney barney the dinosaur yeah Oh yeah. yeah, no, that's like a character. Yeah, that that's like a full on character. Yeah, Baloney the dinosaur. Baloney the dinosaur. Baloney, yes. Oh my god, I remember Baloney the dinosaur. Yeah, that that was one. I remember another character in Animaniacs. Like they had like this annoying Jerry Lewis guy. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I love him. The director. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I remember they even the like. Blade. I remember there was. Yeah, yeah, I remember there was even a moment like in the movie of like uh, Wacko's Wish. Like they were they were in a ride and it was supposed to be like their ride of nightmares. And then there was one scene. It was like he just appeared. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> See, that's a type of voice where it's it's supposed to be annoying, but it comes out as like perfect. Like it doesn't come across as like obnoxious to ears. I love it so much. It's, and I get it's not easy to yell out lines without coming across as annoying, but on rare occasions it does work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it requires a special talent in order to make something annoying actually endearing and actually really good. Exactly. You know, not everyone not everyone can be Gilbert Godfrey, but like, when they found that trick, they got it. Yeah, and even like uh, going back to like the characters on anime, it's like even like the like some of the ca- like the characters are like characters of like other like celebrities and all that stuff uh for a good example the good feathers they're obviously a parody of the Goodfellas, and uh and read our runts runt is a caricature of uh the, what's that movie rain man you know then uh, i'm trying to think like the actor that played dennis hoffman i think yes dustin hoffman dustin yeah. hoffman yes yeah, sorry so yeah, that tradition just tradition still lives on. Like characters like mimicking like celebrities or characters those celebrities will play. Um, another good example, like if you go back and watch like the old Looney Tunes, like they will sure love to make fun of uh, mice and men. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Oh Which is yeah. Not a happy story. <laughs> no, it's not. But they sure love the use. Where are we going, George? Where are we going, George? <laughs> oh yeah. Do you guys oh want to know God. a random, yeah, that, that totally random fact about that? They what? actually named one of the Loud Hound sisters, um, Lenny. Lenny. Yeah, after yeah. Of Mice and Men. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, internet. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are, char- yeah, there are legit a lot of cartoon characters that are like legit Lenny and George, and uh, like I remember, uh, like prop, I-, I wouldn't say all of them, but most studios actually do have their own version in fact um like even thinking about it like i know looney tunes actually do have their own version like i think it was with like not literally lenny and george but like i remember it's like sylvester and like a big guy oh yeah yeah no no no, no, no. it's like it's not george like you have 
George's Sylvester, and then like you got another dumb big uh, Dale looking uh, cat that that's like Lenny. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And MGM has her own with uh, the yeah. two bears. MGM has one. Yeah, MGM M- MGM has uh, those bears. Yeah, they all. Yeah, there's so many my mice and men references in cartoons. Uh, so it's unique and. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, the one thing I will, like, kind of, like, criticize when it comes to, like, the older cartoons is, like, I'm kind of getting annoyed by that dopey-type voice. Like, you know, like, oh, <laughs> oh, we're... It's starting to get, like, kind of, like, graining if you hear that so many times with different characters. You know what I'm saying? I, I got a joke. I, I do have a dark joke related to that, actually. Oh, boy. It's a, cl- it's a cliche that is often used that it's at the point where you have to tell them about the rabbits. Anybody get it? No? Ah, no. Nope. <laughs> uh, if you know of Mice and Men, you'll you'll understand. It's... Tell me about the rabbits, George. Oh. Yeah, it's been a while since I've read that book, but I remember how it ends, so... Uh. Yeah, that's, I think that's what everybody particularly remembers is the ending. Oh, I can think of many other that's things from the book. tell them about the rabbits. <laughs> uh... So people are going to go home and they're just going to be like, I heard about this great story from the KP podcast. And then they're just going to get more depressed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I read that book in high school. Tell me about all mice and men, George. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, actually, I got a good question for you guys. Who is your, who is your least favorite Looney Tunes character? Oh God. Least favorite. Yeah. Mm. I can think of one at the top of my head. Oh, man, I don't know if there's any one that like I can. I don't know if there's one that I don't particularly like per se, but um, I'll have to come back to you. On I that, mean, this honestly. isn't Looney Tunes per se, but I think Tom and Jerry is is like. I mean, I know it's repetitive by nature, but it gets boring to watch after a while just because it's so repetitive. Like, yeah, I get what you that mean. That doesn't really that oh, doesn't really count. Um... <laughs> Do uh do those two gophers that always seem to show up at things in Looney Tunes that you know they're the twins I, they're the more oh, modern yeah. Looney Tunes. I Back and Tosh. Them. <laughs> they annoy me because they're just like they're just like these like these annoying twin gophers that they're just like you know I like whatever you like well I like whatever you like oh this is so much fun I'm like oh, shut yeah up. The, the aristocratic gophers yes oh, I'm like oh my god just shut up yeah they can be pretty bad and I think at one point Disney made fun of them by using chip and dale like they mimic that like gesture they always do in a cartoon i yeah they can be pretty bad at times see the thing is with chip and dale though they're at least they have they're redeemably cute and when you can see them outside of like like look i get mad at chip and dale as well because it's in any instance that they're picking on donald or pluto or anything like that yeah they're just minding their own business these two are these two get the brunt of everything that 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 life hands them. You can't just keep making their lives more miserable. That's not. <laughs> you so know, it's like... I, I think I can, I think I could think of one actually. I th- like I don't know who that who the name of the character is, but I think I do recall. Like I I know who this guy is. It, it, it's kind of like this is a character that's pretty much this douchey Sylvester ripoff. It's this yellow cat. That oh. often appears in these cartoons sometimes. Yeah. And he cannot, and like, I, I don't know. I think, like. Is it Clyde? Maybe he. Clyde Cat? I think, I think probably Clyde Cat. It, it's that douche. It's like sometimes he would appear from time to time, like, often being just like a replacement for Sylvester, but he's also just pointless and just 
more mean-spirited than actually funny. I think, like, Clyde Cat would often appear in, like, the yeah, Mark Claude. Yeah, Claude Cat. He's got oh, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's exactly the one. Like, he would that's often a... appear in, like, the Mark Anthony and uh, Pussyfoot cartoons. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, just being a douchey cat. Yeah. Like, that's probably one that I don't like. He's 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 just, like, again, he's a ripoff of Sylvester, and he's a dick. Yeah, speaking of ripoffs, my least favorite Looney Tune. Do you guys remember Charlie Dog? Oh my god, I was just thinking about Charlie <laughs> Dog. Actually, <laughs> I I can't stand him. He's like he's like a Bugs Bunny wannabe, where he tries so hard to be the next Bugs Bunny, but he comes out as more of a prick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, isn't his cartoons repetitive often? Where like he's just desperate to find a new home or something. It, it is repetitive, but he he comes across as really repetitive and also like pretty mean spirited towards Porky, which he really doesn't really do anything to deserve the punishment he deserves. Like, there, I remember one instance where it's like he's trying to go with Porky, uh, he's being annoying, and then there was this one moment where like Porky tries to get rid of him by like you know the whole like throw the stick in the forest, he'll run for it, and then like get in the car and like get out of there. Well, it comes to the point where, like, Charlie would, like, steal the car from Porky, and Porky gets so mad to the point he goes mad by acting like a dog, and, oh, he, he just comes off as, like, <laughs> exactly, oh, and then he ends up getting, like, captured by the dog catcher, and, uh, it just, he just tries so hard to be, like, the next best, best thing for Looney Tunes, but really, no, he can go f off <laughs> yeah, yeah no it's like he, even in, even in the way he yeah in the way he presents himself in each scene he's like an even more he's like if bugs bunny was just even more rude and less exactly rude. yeah and it's, even and i mean the way he stands even his stance is and his ears perked up is like it's he's clearly trying to just be a dog version of bugs bunny and it's just not working no and even then like bugs bunny does have his like douchey moments but it's not mm. as bad when compared to like charlie freaking dog right yeah, exactly true. well that's why i said he's more rude and less charming <laughs> right yeah it, it, exactly like and even when bugs bunny goes too far at least like there are ways that it can be hilarious like if you have seen the cartoon rebel rabbit mm -hmm. please do so oh i love it's that short bugs bunny going way too far he's like just screwing the whole country over and it's freaking hilarious yeah and like i said that's where and that's where that one gif of bugs bunny selling the florida bit came from <laughs> yeah, Florida, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, also another cartoons. another least favorite character in mind, and this might sound controversial for some, but Tweety Bird. Oh my what? god. Yes, like I, I Tweety the way Tweety Bird talks like annoys the crap out of me. Well here's the thing. Bob uh, Bob Clampus Tweety is a badass and I love him so much. But when it comes to like first feelings Tweety, he just comes across as like so preciously annoying. Mm. Like he try, yeah, I get how you feel. They try way too hard to make him like this, like cutesy, innocent, and it just comes across as like more like annoying. But with like Bob Clampett's Tweety, he like he finds his way to like defend himself in a way that comes out as like really hilarious, and he doesn't come across as obnoxious. That Tweety has never appeared in media ever. Since, like the only time he has ever done so after Bob Clampett was literally just repeating the one scene he did in one of his first cartoons in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I was just going to say, that's the one scene I was thinking of. I'm like, oh, I can, all I can think of is on that level is the is Who Framed. And then you said it. I'm like, actually, you know what's funny about that? You mentioned about that, Matt. Um, there's actually this one. Did you guys remember the show Tweety, Sylvester and Tweety's uh, Mysteries? 
Yes. There's this one episode where they actually did bring back that Tweety, or in this case, Orson. That's what's his original name. And apparently, I, w- I think they, Orson and Tweety might be cousins, but I could be wrong on that. It could. It, like, I can actually see that. Yeah, because when you actually watch that episode, he does have, like, the shared traits from the Orson. Like, he's obviously, like, he's pink. He has, like, those beady eyes, those, dro- like, mm, yeah. bags. And it's, like, it's so, it's so nice. <laughs> Oh my god, you know, funny enough, thinking about that cartoon, it does make me think of another, like, uh, cartoon impression that um, the old cartoons would often do. Like, a lot of old cartoons would have their own version of Abbott and Costello, and from that cartoon, they did, like, they had their cat version of uh, Abbott and Costello, and all I can remember is the, like, I I think it's the Costello version, would often just scream out, like, Babat! 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 Oh my god! I lo- I didn't even get the reference, but I still love the sh- that short. <laughs> oh yeah, and they also- absolutely like it, it. It works in its own way. Exactly, and they also like brought them back as mice for two additional cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it's just like uh, it's just so perfect. And yeah, I find like the appearance as mice much more funnier than the cat versions. But the cat version is still pretty perfect, or in this case, oh, perfect. Oh god. <laughs> on on that note, um so mad for people who don't know much about Looney Tunes or uh maybe only through Space Jam or like through passing reference, uh where are some good places and what shorts do you recommend um for people learning about them for the first time? Well, in order to learn about them, uh, well, so far, the best way that you can do it, um, I believe HBO Max has a good amount of the cartoons. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Logan, I know you got HBO Max. Like, Can mm-hmm. you confirm like they do have a lot of the classic ones? Oh, yeah. They got plenty of the classic ones on there, even like the pre-1949 ones. Uh, they're not, not all of them, but a good like a select amount of them. Um, yeah, they're all pretty much on there. Yeah, but uh, other than that, though, one way that I can personally recommend uh, is physical media because Warner Brothers, I will give them uh, credit that they have done a great job when it comes to distributing many of their essentials and many of their classic Looney Tunes cartoons onto both DVD and VHS. So either go and try to look for the Golden Collection on DVD or you can find the three different volumes of uh, Platinum Collection that are really worth watching. Uh, not to mention that they also have some great uh, bonus features looking into the behind the scenes of like the making of many of these Looney Tunes cartoons. So that is definitely worth checking out. And not to mention also, considering that it is um, uh, considering that it is Bugs Bunny's uh, Bugs Bunny's 80th anniversary, uh, they are going to be releasing, I believe, uh, this week even that they or this month that they are going to be coming out with a special blu-ray dedicated to the best of bugs bunny cartoons so that is definitely worth uh, checking out for so uh my best recommendation at least if you want to go and check them out is either to go and find them on hbo max or you can get them on dvd and blu-ray and in terms of the cartoons i mean there are tons to go and recommend but personally um some that i have mentioned like uh, duck amuck is one of the best ever uh and many people would even state what's opera doc is considered uh the greatest cartoon of all time uh and then you would also have um another one i would highly recommend 
is cons it's called the Hunting Trilogy, in which it is um, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck uh, pretty much duking it out on who Elmer Fudd should go and shoot first, either Bugs <laughs> Bunny or Daffy Duck. And the those ones, they're is this, amazing. Is this where Duck Season, Rabbit Season comes from? Yes, that's okay. where Duck Season and Rabbit Season comes from. Uh, there's just so much more that I could recommend. I know there's like so many that it's hard to like keep track of like what to recommend. Exactly. Like um, if you guys have any others uh, to recommend, like please point them out. Uh, like uh, some that just popped into my head actually, like uh, Duck Dodgers mm. is a, a another great example. That's a, another beloved classic. One Froggy Evening. Yeah. Another mm -hmm. well-known classic one as well. Not necessarily linked to any well-known character, but um, still a classic nonetheless. Um, any other ones you you want to recommend? Yeah, um, Logan, I, what do you have? Oh, man, there's just, like, so many that Matt <laughs> mentioned. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, probably, like, the ones I will recommend are the ones that are not as recognizable, but I still kind of, like, recommend them. Like, the one I can think of top of my head is uh, Porky and Wacky Land. That's the one where it features that oh, dodo. Oh yes, that is a classic. Um, which one? Which one, by the way? Which one would you say the uh, original black and white one or the remake uh, that is by Fritz Freeling? I believe. I'm sure for most people they'll go ahead and with the color version, but for me personally, I prefer the black and white version because it is the original, and plus that one's directed by Bob Clampett, so it's even more zanier than uh, Robert McKinson's version. Oh, it's Bob McKimson. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. I think. I don't remember. But, yeah, I would recommend the original Bob Clampett one. Um, honestly, just like anything that's made by Tex Avery and uh, Bob Clampett, I highly recommend. Um, we mentioned before the Tale of Two Kitties with the uh, Orson Tweety Bird. I would recommend mm -hmm. those. Um, oh, I just recently watched the uh, that one cartoon with uh, Bugs Bunny where he's playing the piano. He's playing Rhapsody... You know what I'm talking about, Matt? Oh, mm -hmm. yes. The the piano one, of course. Yeah. Th yeah. That was a good one. Um, yeah, there's just like, you, like you mentioned, Duck and Muck, which that's honestly one of my personal favorites because if there's one thing I really love seeing the animation is like doing the parody of the process of making animation because yeah. since I'm an animator, I get so hyped seeing those kind of episodes. <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, there's just like so many that if you do have HBO Max, uh, I or yeah, if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend just like looking up Looney Tunes and just like hunt down those individual cartoons that we mentioned because they're definitely on there. They're high quality. And if you don't have HBO Max, then yeah, uh, like Matt said, uh, buy the Blu-rays of the Platinum Editions. Yeah, definitely go with Boomerang the Platinum. They may carry some of them too. Oh, what? I think Boomerang. Oh. I think they carry those too. Oh yeah, I forgot about the boomerangs. Yeah, if you yeah. get boomerang, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, but even then, with like boomerang, I think they like tone it down a little bit because I know with like recent years they try to like tone down most of the more edgier jokes on syndication, which I mean makes sense, but at the same time, it's just not usually like the same when watching the actual uncut edition, for better also, or for worse. Yeah. Also, definitely check out. My personal recommendation is definitely check out the new Looney Tunes cartoons that they do have on HBO Max. Because, oh, yeah, the new... Yeah. Because, like, actually, I do like how they address the whole thing where I know, like, I trust me, I was kind of, like, one of those people that was like, oh, you got rid of the guns? But, honestly, they are 
incredibly graphic considering that they don't have guns involved so yeah i know you like that kind of like aggressive like gruesome kind of humor uh, of the physical comedy that that goes into like the tex avery kind of like territory uh definitely check those out and especially because of the style aesthetic is very uh it's very uh reminiscent of the 40s and and uh it's a it's a lot of fun uh exactly i recommend those as well i can tell a lot of a lot of uh love and care went in, into creating them by the teams that made oh, them. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. And, and they're 2d animated. So get, get your goods in on that. <laughs> and that's the thing too, going on a little like uh change here. Um, you mentioned about the new Looney Tunes cartoons. I feel like with, with the exception of that one, whatever like Warner Brothers do bring back to Looney Tunes for like newer shows for the most part, I feel like they play them really safe. And by that, I mean like, I feel like like the slapstick joke, a good, good example is a uh, wabbit where I feel like the slapstick humor is pretty predictable on what they actually had to offer. And they're mm-hmm. not as like creative with their jokes as opposed to like the earlier days, but with the newer, with the new Legion's cartoons. Yeah, they definitely, I want to say they're like laugh out loud, hilarious, but they do bring back the spirit of the original classic cartoons. Mm-hmm. But you know what else I recommend? Baby Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Uh, just kidding. No, check out the Looney Tunes show from 2012. That one I actually really like. I know a lot of people don't like that one, but that one... A lot of people it, slept on it, honestly. <laughs> for what it is, like, it's pre- it, it has its really funny moments. But, it's yeah, when it comes to, like, recommendations, I don't really recommend that for, like, a starter for Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, well, not as a starter, but for people <laughs> who are looking for more content if they have not given it a chance. Uh, oh, yeah. Or, um, or, or Duck Dodgers, the Duck Dodgers series, like we mentioned, that one is, like, worth watching. Oh, yeah, that one, too. I know that one's on the Boomerang Duck service. Duck Dodgers but has John Delancey in it. I don't know where, but... I just remember of, that random fact, so there you go. Wherever of course you know goes, that. KP you can go find him. That It's like Where's Waldo, <laughs> and then you can tell me on social media, and I might pay attention. I don't know. <sighs> Pony life has, has taken my soul away as far as that that life, but, you know. I have yet to watch it, but for, you're I've not, seen clips You're of not it. missing much. It's, it's <laughs> aight. Um, I, I mean, actually, Logan, you might like it because it's more, it's more Looney Tunes pacing. Then. It is more zanier, yeah. I'll do give him credit for that. I just need to sit down and like watch a full on episode. But yeah. when the time comes, I'll, I haven't watched it yet. But when I'm the sure time you comes, can, I'll let you know. I'm sure people are talking about it enough that you can find like the better of the episodes and just just watch. Oh that yeah, one. I know there's like compl- I know there's like clips on YouTube, but uh, I'll keep you posted on that. But we're going yeah, right it's off all topic good. here. So um, <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap. So gentlemen, where can the internet people find you on the internet? Well, for me, I have several places. Of course, I have my YouTube channel, Electric Dragon 505. Um, I'm also on a bunch of stuff on social media. Uh, I'm on Facebook, rather it be Matt Brunet Animat or uh, Electric Dragon Productions. Uh, on Twitter, you, on Twitter and on Instagram. Now I'm on Instagram. Um, but do you, you have a TikTok at, yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> but I do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready for that yet. But. Um, uh, you can find me there at Animat505, and uh, yeah, and I also got a Patreon if you want to go and uh, support my work and give me money. <laughs> uh, as for you, me, <laughs> um, as for me, uh, I got a YouTube. Ch- so basically, if you want to find me, all of these you can find me under my username Toucan LDM. So you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, 
uh, TikTok. I would say Facebook, but I have yet I have haven't really used that as much lately. But if you want to follow me there, be my guest. Yeah, I um, technically have a like a fan Facebook, but I don't really use it that often. But I learned that you can program your Instagram to automatically post stuff on your Facebook. So you know, I, I guess, but I, it's oh, probably not nice. worth it if you don't well, really yeah, it's, feel it's, like it's dealing with it. Syncing. As yeah. long as you can hook them up by the same email, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I'll say I do have an Instagram account, but that's more my personal use. I don't really use that for my YouTube stuff, so. But yeah, you can just like I said, you can find me on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook, and yeah, that's all I really gotta say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's okay. I guess we'll plug the regular stuff. So if you're new, welcome to Hellhole. Uh, I'm glad you made it all throughout the the Warner Brothers animation episode. The history episodes are kind of hit and miss because some people are like are really into it, and some people are like. This isn't funny. I'm going to skip to the next one. So Yeah, no, and... you definitely deserve that glass of water. Yeah. <laughs> Go to... <laughs> well, are you blaming me for making this episode boring? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Little... It's not that it's not that like history as a general subject is boring. So, why yeah, like why would I invite you again if I thought you were boring, you know, unless I just like <laughs> like to torture people. So, no, anyway. no, you make you make history fun. Yay. So, you know, there's, like, people that are going to watch, like, the news, and then there's going to be people that are going to be watching The Daily Show because the regular news is boring, and they rather get their news in entertaining format. So, like, that's what I'm kind of, like, talking about. But anyway, if you're new, um, I guess I can say on the podcast we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about or we're going to get first thoughts about the new Animaniacs when it's ready, like, as soon as it's ready. So there you go. There's your hit. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, and then follow us and subscribe to main channel. And then we're here if you want to follow us here and on the SoundClouds. And we have a Twitter for the podcast at the KP Podcast. There, I, I remember. <laughs> I'm tired. Um and then Lauren and I have personal Twitters that I recommend you follow if you feel like it. Um, but the biggest thing is subscribe to the main channel. Notifications. Tell your friends about the main channel. We work really hard. We want your friends to notice us, please. And notice all these <laughs> other great people that like donate their time for my stupid bullshit. So <laughs> thanks for Aww. coming. Kate, yeah. Thank you both for joining us to, to, to have you know, a very toony discussion. <laughs> Oh no, problemo! No, Thank no, I got, I got a pun. No I got a pun. Thanks what? for tuning in. Ah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Animation Communication on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. We are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media, as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication. Animation Communication.